Hello again, and welcome back to the Slow Flowers Podcast with Deborah Prinzing, episode 441. This is the weekly podcast about American flowers and the people who grow and design with them. It's all about making a conscious choice, and I invite you to join the conversation and the creative community as we discuss the vital topics of saving our domestic flower farms and supporting a floral industry that relies on a safe, seasonal, and local supply of flowers and foliage. This podcast is brought to you by slowflowers.com, the free nationwide online directory to florists, shops, and studios who design with American-grown flowers. And to the farms that grow those blooms is the conscious choice for buying and sending flowers. And thank you to our lead sponsor, Florist Review Magazine. I'm delighted to serve as contributing editor for Slow Flowers Journal, found in the pages of Florist Review. Our partnership with Florist Review is such a valuable one, providing a forum for beautiful and inspiring editorial content in the Slow Flowers Journal section, month after month. Take advantage of the special subscription offer for members of the Slow Flowers community at deborahprinzing.com, where you can also find the show notes for today's episode 441. Our first sponsor thanks goes to Mayesh Wholesale Florist. Family owned since 1978, Mayesh is the premier wedding and event supplier in the U.S. and we're thrilled to partner with Mayesh to promote local and domestic flowers, which they source from farms large and small around the U.S. Learn more at mayesh.com. In Seattle, we have a rite of springtime called the Northwest Flower and Garden Festival, which always takes place in February when everyone craves the fragrance of flowers, not to mention the fragrance of potting soil, and the unfurling of foliage, fronds, and petals, as seen in the excellent garden displays that cover the floor of the Washington State Convention Center for five days. I've been involved in one way or another with this amazing experience for more than two decades. In fact, in 1989, when it was launched by founder Dwayne Kelly, I covered the story of the Northwest Flower and Garden Show, which it was called then, for a local business newspaper where I was a staff reporter. I recalled them thinking that I so wanted to join Dwayne's world. For years, I covered the Flower and Garden Show as a journalist and editor. Then, when I made the leap to home and garden writing, I actually spoke at the show beginning in 2002, a recurring gig that took place every year since. In the past few years, though, instead of speaking, I've produced and hosted the Flower Stage at the Northwest Flower and Garden Festival. This role has allowed me to invite Slow Flowers members to participate and engage flower show audiences in the conversation about floral design, local and seasonal flowers, and more. This year, we're again producing Blooms and Bubbles, a daily DIY workshop series with American-grown and locally-grown blooms, and a glass of champagne, which is the bubbles. Five Slow Flowers members are teaching, and I want to give them a shout-out right now so you can follow along on social media as we post workshop images of their classes and students. They include Tomasi Basalawa, CFD, Tiari Floral Designs, Aaron Shackelford, Camas Designs, Maura Whalen, Casablanca Floral, Carolyn Kolb, Folk Art Flowers, and Teresa Engritson and Katie Elliott of My Garden Overfloweth. Many of these people have been past guests of this podcast, so they might sound familiar to you. 
check out the link in today's show notes at deborahprinzing.com to see the full workshop schedule. Tickets are going fast, but you might be able to snag a seat and join us. And even if you aren't able to sign up for the DIY workshop, which takes place each day at 2 p.m., there's a public seating area and you're invited to join us and watch along. And those dates for the Flower and Garden Festival are Wednesday, February 26th through Sunday, March 1st. Because I've been able to work closely with the management at Marketplace Events, the current owners of the Northwest Flower and Garden Festival, I learned last fall that flowers were taking center stage at the 2020 show. Operations manager Courtney Getz and I met for lunch and she pulled out a folder that was filled with images to share the secret with me. And well, it's no secret anymore. Today's guest will tell you all about the phenomenon called Fleur de Ville. That's Fleur with an S and Ville with an S, as in flowers of the cities. As soon as Courtney showed me photos of flower-clad female mannequins, I knew I had seen the images before on my Instagram feed, and I made the connection. I soon learned from Courtney that this woman-owned company was based just a few hours to the north of us in Vancouver, BC, and that the Northwest Flower and Garden Festival had invited Karen Marshall and Tina Barkley to bring Fleur de Ville here to Seattle. I'm so excited to bring you today's conversation with these two event and marketing experts. Karen and Tina are elevating flowers in a way that feels fresh, fashion forward, and inventive. And it just captures people's imaginations. Much like the response that we see people have when they view photos of real models wearing botanical couture for our American Flowers Week campaigns that Slow Flowers began commissioning in 2016, the botanical couture on Fleur de Ville's three-dimensional mannequins takes floral fashion to a new level. That level is different in one key way from what I've been doing with American Flowers Week, and it is a feat to pull off, I can tell you. That's because Tina and Karen are gathering more than a dozen mannequins, each designed and created by an area florist and each on display for the full run of the Northwest Flower and Garden Festival. I am in awe of the theatrical levels achieved by Fleur de Ville, and I want to jump right into this conversation. But first, a little bit more about Fleur de Ville and its founders. Fleur de Ville combines the love of flowers, local design talent, and bespoke, utterly unique displays for experiential events like none other. The name speaks to that, Fleur de Ville, Flowers of the Cities. Connecting with each city they launch in, Fleur de Ville works with top local florists, designers, growers, and nurseries to showcase that city's world-class talent to create stunning displays of art. Fleur de Ville not only showcases artful floral displays, they create engagement with audiences viewing their events and with the partners who support them from leading sponsor brands to local and national media, as well as community-based groups. They believe in the power of partnerships and the amplification of messaging that comes when audiences have an experience of the senses. The Fleur de Ville team of highly professional individuals is dedicated to ensuring every touch point is on brand to deliver an event experience people will be talking about and sharing for a long time to come. Tina Barkley is one of Vancouver's best-known lifestyle experts. She regularly works with Chatelaine Magazine, Today's Parent, and she appears on TV as she cooks, styles, and decorates. Tina has been a serial entrepreneur for over 25 years, researching, structuring, and building businesses. Creating a brand and building a solid product, strategic partnerships, operational structure, marketing, and sales are all areas that Tina thrives in. As an effective event builder and planner, Tina has a knack for making it happen, empowering everyone around her. 
Her partner, Karen Marshall, has long-term international career in publishing and the digital space. Karen is a strategic thinker with a laser focus on partnership cultivation with the belief that no brand is an island. She has put together countless programs bringing key organizations and media together to create outstanding promotions. Working for some of the largest media brands in the world and in Canada, within the luxury space, and with numerous consumer brands across a broad spectrum, Karen's focus is on quality engagement and experiential offerings for all her partners. Well, I'm thrilled today to share our conversation with you. After our interview, I will also talk about the lineup of Seattle's florists and designers who have been selected to create floral fashions as Fleur de Ville artists at the Northwest Flower and Garden Festival. It's no surprise, but a number of them are Slow Flowers members. You'll find photos and links in today's show notes at deborahprinzing.com. Let's jump right in and get started. Welcome back to the Slow Flowers Podcast with Deborah Prinzing, and I'm so excited today to introduce you to Tina Barkley and Karen Marshall. They are the co-founders of the amazing project called Fleur de Ville. Hi, ladies. Thanks for joining me. Hi, Deborah. Nice to chat with you. Well, this is going to be fun. So um, Tina and Karen are creators, I don't know, brilliant geniuses who've come up with this um, phenomenon called Fleur de Ville, which I, as I understand, translates into flowers in the city, right? Right. Okay. And you're based in Vancouver, British Columbia, which is only about three and a half hours away from me in Seattle. And we're going to all meet up here soon at the Northwest Flower and Garden Festival at the end of February. We'll talk about that um, later in the podcast. But Tina and Karen, Give us a snapshot of what is Fleur de Ville. I'm, if people haven't found it yet on Instagram, we're going to make sure they do now. Um, thanks, Deborah. This is Karen speaking. Uh, we look at Fleur de Ville as a celebration of um, amazing flowers. In each city we pop up in, we uh, align with the top local florists in each city, and we align the top uh, partners in that city that make that show come to life. So that's often sponsors and cultural institutions. Um, everyone coming together to really amplify content about flowers and around flowers and around luxury flowers. Mm-hmm. We're, we're big believers in public luxury. A lot of the florists that we work with, you don't often see their work in the public on their own. You have to go to a wedding or a private event, that kind of thing. So we're showcasing these great designers collectively in a beautiful public open space where people can come and simply smell the flowers and, and engage with these beautiful works of art. I love that idea of public luxury. That's that's I hadn't thought about that, but some of these sort of high end or um, specialty florists, floral artists, um, they're kind of yeah they're I don't want to say beneath the or what is it under the radar? <laughs> they're they're over the radar. We just don't see them. Well, that's right. You'll see them on Instagram. You'll see them socially, but you actually don't actually often get to see their work in the public realm. Mm-hmm. And we're really pleased to be able to uh, amalgamate the. Uh, sponsors that we need to do this to bring it to the public um, for you know a set period of time in each city and in different cities around the world. So what what does the installation look like? What where do flowers uh, appear? Tina, I think you can probably address this. 
Sure. Thanks, Deborah. The Each show is obviously a little bit different in its layout, depending on where we are. But the idea is to essentially pop up uh, usually around a dozen to 15 mannequins that we ask each florist to dress in nothing but natural elements, mm-hmm. usually tons of flowers, but also any other botanicals, moss, leaves, grasses, bark. Uh, bark. Yeah, bark's a big <laughs> one coming up in the Pacific Northwest. Yeah. Um, and we've seen all sorts of different interpretations. Uh, so they're asked to to create um, a gown, a dress, a pantsuit. It can be anything. Um, some, sh- some of our shows do have themes. Uh, we'll talk about that, I'm sure, a little bit in a little bit. But um, essentially, we have these beautiful five-by-five-foot platforms. So the, the show is elevated. Mm. And and, and depending on where we are, people will be walking through a shopping center or in a park, in a in a in a in a tourist attraction mm-hmm. type location, and they'll come around the corner. And we say they literally stop in their tracks. It's stop in your tracks engagement, and people just can't leave. They have to see these creations <laughs> from all different angles. They walk all the way around each each dress. And what what makes it really fun is that it's a bit of a competition as well. So most of our shows. Uh, involve a competition amongst the florists um, that uh, have awards, not just by, that are judged by specific um, experienced judges in the area, but then there's also a, a public component so that the, the public can pick up, pick their favorite mm. and choose their fan favorite, we call it, uh, as they enjoy the installation during the week or so that it's it's popped up. Wow. You know, the stop in your tracks sensation you describe, I feel that when I look at your Instagram feed. So if I'm seeing that on my tiny telephone screen, I can't imagine. I'm so looking forward to the, you know, full size mannequins um, in real life. It's going to be wonderful. We always say that. Even people that we work with, we say, until you've seen a show in person, you really haven't seen a show because the floor, the, 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 the pictures are beautiful, but to actually experience one in real life, in person, it's so, it's got so much impact. It, it really is something to behold. It's really sensational in terms of the, the scent and the experience of the difference of each mannequin. We've had people literally come up to us weeping mm-hmm. with happiness. We always say flowers make us happy. And um, we've had long conversations standing behind or beside mannequins where people have talked about their connection to their grandmother's garden or their, you know, understanding of the magic of the power of roses and uh, the botanical elements that they really connect with. And, And they've taken time out of their day to either come down or if they've just stumbled across our installations, they often, you know, spend time and change their program for the day so they can spend more time and come back with their friends and things. It's um, a really um, uh, empowering and powerful and magical experience. Well, and all the senses are engaged. I, although I'm sure you don't want people to touch these these installations, but <laughs> they do. We, we try our best. <laughs> so. Um, Specifically here in Seattle at the Northwest Flower and Garden Festival, the Fleur de Ville installation is going to be on the main show floor with with display gardens, right? I mean, that seems kind of a cool juxtaposition right there. 
Oh, I, we're so excited to be a part of the show. And I think it will be just an, an, the ideal or just the perfect addition to the show, too. I think it'll be very, they'll be very uh, complimentary. So the the mannequin setup will be, uh, the Fleur de Ville part of it will be right when you come in the front doors. So there'll actually be one mannequin right outside in the main um, atrium when you mm-hmm. approach the show. And then we'll have 12 mannequins in the actual Northwest Flower and Garden Festival with three other mannequins that will be at Pacific Place Shopping Center just just five minutes away. Um, And additionally, we've got two other fun floral installations for people to enjoy. So we've got five different things also happening over there at Pacific Place. And I'll I'll just add to that, Deborah, that we have a surprise in the middle of our installation area at the Northwest Flower and Garden Festival. We have 12 mannequins arranged in a sort of enlarged uh, square rectangle sort of shape. Um, And um, in the center of it, we have an incredible floral bar, a gin bar, sponsored by Hendrix Gin. So you can come and have an incredible floral cocktail. You can walk the uh, show. You can vote on your favorite mannequin. Uh, it's a, an immersory experience where taste, we're talking about senses as well. We've we've added florals to the, the gin cocktails. And so we've got taste as part of the show as well. Oh, my gosh. I, I can hardly wait. Well, it'll be uh, coming right up. Actually, we should give the dates. That's February 20, February 26th through March 1st. So um, walk us through what a, a week is like, like in the life of a florist who's participating. They obviously have been in conversation with uh, the two of you about their ideas and their uh, they're ordering their flowers and like when does the production happen before the the doors actually open? Uh, there's a lot of work that goes on <laughs> behind the scenes as you can imagine and of course it's Valentine's Day this week so we're leading up to it it's it's uh, putting a lot of pressure on the florist but what we normally do is we're we're in touch with the florist months in advance and then once everyone's finalized and and participating we really just communicate regularly with them about when they're going to receive their mannequin so a lot of questions around who gets do we have to come up with our own mannequin we provide the mannequin to the florist and uh, they don't know what pose they're going to get they kind of get what they get and don't get upset mm-hmm. and uh, have to build their design around it um, because the mannequins are on display for 5 days minimally uh, the ones at Pacific Place are on display for 10 days. Wow. It's a real mechanical challenge. So there's the design challenge, but then there's also the mechanical challenge. So some of our shows have a theme, uh, and this show in particular is just uh, really themed pretty fashion. So it's going to be a lovely spring kind of theme. Um, and we can talk about some of the other themes that we've done and are doing this year, sure. but, um, but to come up, come up, to come up with the design is, is sort of part one. Part two is to, of course, order and source the flowers that they need. We're really excited. This, uh, this show for Northwest flower and garden festival, we're working with both Mayesh Seattle and with Washington florals. So that's exciting. They both come on with as partners and are very excited to support and promote local florists, uh, and obviously as a part of the show, which is wonderful. wonderful. Uh, And then, and then the final part is really the mechanics. So I'm, I work directly with each florist, get a a sketch, whether they're an artist or not, just to get their rendering, get their concept, uh, and then talk to them about water source, uh, which is um, increasingly challenging um, when one is going to go foam free and and Mm -hmm. celebrate that, which is a wonderful thing. Um, But when you do have a mannequin that's going to be on display for five or 10 days, that that ups the ante a little bit. Um, So we're, we're talking chicken wire, we're talking water source, we're talking balance is a huge factor 
factor um, in the in these conditions. A couple of people that are coming to the show have incredible headpiece or um, top heavy designs, so we need to make sure they're not going to be you know toppling over. So there's a lot of of things that get considered. That is great. I've seen a few behind the scenes Instagram stories this week from some of your uh, participating designers, and it looks like. Um, you know, this is these are like behind the veil secrets that probably should <laughs> should uh, not be surprising to be to our listeners. Like, you know, what you have to do to make beauty happen is go. <laughs> you got to MacGyver it, right? <laughs> It's it's like the duct tape on the bra at the Oscars. It really is. No, it's true. We've got zap straps and all sorts of things happening. And and it's quite funny. One of the things that we've started sharing uh, with our florists is through our memos is what we call under the dress. And it's just some photos that I've taken regularly at every single setup to to give other florists different ideas of how their mechanics might come together and it's it's they really appreciate it oh my god i want to subscribe to that newsletter under the dress that is that (laughs) must be filled with a treasure trove of ideas we actually find that the florists form deep relationships with their mannequins as well they often name them they they will call them they, they take on a persona of their their own and they're with these models these mannequins for quite some time and so uh, we started well, with one of our, I think, our first Cross Canada shows, encouraging the florists when they pack up their mannequins at the end of the show to write a little note to the next florist who's going to receive that mannequin. And that has carried on in a few instances, but not not in everyone. And it's quite sweet because they'll say, you know, here's our mannequin, Flora. And we, you know, she was lovely and we called her this. And, you know, it's really quite fun. There's a story behind the mannequins as well. Oh, that's brilliant. I love it. Okay. I've, I've just, my head is spinning. But I have to just stop and ask you to walk us back to the day this idea, you know, this brainstorm happened. Like, how long ago did you come up with this? What was your first Fleur de Ville installation? I'm just so I'm just so impressed with what you've done. But I know there was a lot that got you here. Well, I think we'll start by saying this is Karen speaking. We're not florists. Tina and I come from content backgrounds. We are passionate about connecting um, with consumers and and the public through exceptional content. And both of our careers have always looked at that. And and, uh, we create uh, great brand uh, connections with the public through great content as well. So it was at the Chelsea Flower Show a few years ago. I was standing there um, in awe in London, literally with my chin dropped to my chest as a marketer, looking around going, oh my gosh, look at all of these people in London um, at the sold out show talking about flowers and gardens. The media was there, influencers, bloggers, traditional media. You couldn't get a ticket. People were smiling. It was such a happy experience. Um, And it was just a remarkable way to engage with, again, amazing content. And the media in all of England, of course, gets, and now the world, gets really excited about the the Chelsea Flower Show and the RHS does a great job with their other shows as well. Um, And I came back and I was working with um, uh, some retail clients at the time looking for ways of um, engaging people in with the content of shopping malls and retail environments. And I rang Tina up and said, Tina, I think we've got um, an idea here. I know Tina was working at the time trying to put flower markets together and doing flower installations and things. I said, I've got this idea um, of doing flowers on mannequins. What do you think? She said, I, I think it's great. We've developed the whole concept and the name further. 
um, went away and, and pitched the first shopping mall and they came back and we had a show to begin with. So oh, it started wow. just um, from our love of great content, our love of flowers and where we were. Uh, as Tina and I always say, it started with a seed of an idea and we're <laughs> blossoming into a full-grown forest now. It's not even a tree. <laughs> We've got a forest growing. <laughs> it's, it's so true. You have a botanical garden going on. Uh, I, You know, I have to uh, just bring people back to that expression, that image that you, that picture you painted about Chelsea. And, you know, um, it is, it is unlike anything in North America. It is really like the stand gold standard for garden shows. And, um, the fact that there are often models, live models walking around in floral attire at like the opening day. And as I recall from past, you know, press tours there, um, it's amazing that no one's thought of this before, and I'm so glad it was the two of you because there, there, there's that um, kind of experiential component that changes the way people look at flowers when it's in an unexpected, you know, application like a a gown or a or a pantsuit, like you said. What was really uh, I won't say unexpected, but what's been incredibly rewarding at the same time, Deborah. This is Tina, is is calling the florists and seeing if they would like to be to participate and what do they think and them saying oh my gosh I would do anything to participate because they it's this is beyond the bouquet this is beyond what they normally do these are people like yourself that are artists that are creative and that have so much talent inside of them to to show off and how fun to just go to town with something and so in each show that we've done I mean we've never had someone say gee I wish I didn't do that everyone (laughs) says I already I have my idea from next year already and that's what we hear that's what we hear and and recently with our our show coming up in Covent Garden London we put out our invitation to create and we were double sold out in 24 hours well we had double the the applications we need oh right So where was the first one and what year was that? Uh, It was 2016 in uh, Victoria, British Columbia, very close to Seattle. Okay. Um, Followed very quickly by Vancouver, uh, Canada, of course, in in BC as well. We did two shows within a month. We literally bootstrapped those shows ourselves, driving the U-Haul van, (laughs) doing every (laughs) uh, aspect of it, which, you know, if you went to one of those shows now, they're almost identical. Right from the beginning, we had a very, very clear vision of what we wanted to create and we always say we're create we've created an international luxury experiential brand mm. hyper local content and that hyper local content is of course all the florists and growers and uh, sponsors and marketers and and community that we uh, I- I embrace in in each city we pop up in um, after those two shows uh, the shopping mall company that we were working with at the time loved it so much uh, they decided to invite us to go on the road and we did five shows across Canada the following year we added Montreal sorry we added Quebec City and um, Ottawa and Toronto to the mix and Edmonton as well and and then the following year we did six shows across Canada and then we launched uh, that was 2018 and then we launched into Covent Garden in the fall of 2018 and we put that show uh, together in about eight weeks' time. It was unbelievably incre- incredible. And that's, of course, in London, England. Wow. Oh, so it wasn't, the first one at Covent Garden wasn't um, contiguous with the Chelsea Flower Show. It was a standalone event. That's right. It was the first a, one was. The first one was a standalone event. 
Uh, we followed that quickly up within seven months last May of being um, at the uh, Covent Garden location. But we also did um, an alignment with the Chelsea Flower Show with uh, at Jardin Blanc, which is the luxury um, entertaining area of the Chelsea Flower Show. And so we were uh, there exhibiting last year as well. So we're quite excited about that. Wow, you are truly international. And I love what you said about this international luxury brand that has hyper-local content because it, it it sort of makes it one of a kind wherever you go. Exactly. No two shows of ours are ever the same. They're absolutely different. Um, we can give the same theme to five different floors and they'll all have a different version of, of what we've given them as a theme. And so we see that a lot of times, for example, with our sponsor of one of our first Cross Canada shows was a perfume sponsor, Victor and Rolf Flower Bomb Perfume. And six different mannequins were created from six different shows with the exact same creative brief. Uh, it was just the interpretation that each um, florist took upon themselves to, to work with the materials, the flowers that were available at the time, the local nature, and their creative vision. Well, I was impressed with the one that you did recently in New York City, and you had it like a Broadway uh, musical theme. Or I, I don't want to mischaracterize it, but give me a little, remind me what that was about. That was so much fun. That was the show we did at Hudson Yards, which is a whole new, literally a whole new community uh, in neighborhood in New York Built City. Built on top of train tracks. Yes, it's interesting. It's amazing. <laughs> we we it, you're close with the Broadway theme. It was a New York theme, so we had a bride coming out of the the plaza. We had um, we had who Cindy Lauper. We had Cindy Lauper. We had Lady Car Liberty. We, we had Can uh, Carrie Bradshaw. Yeah. We had the three sisters from Hamilton. Uh, mm -hmm. That's probably why you're thinking of the musical. Yes. Um, but we had so many fantastic mannequins that were all New York themed, someone in Central, Central Park. Park yeah. It was amazing. And it was something that came around a little bit late in the game, but the, the florists really embraced that. Yeah. And I think because Hudson Yards as well has, there are many office towers around, a shopping center, a lot of local people, but also tons of tourists, mm -hmm. that it was really, really well received. Yes. So that was a lot of fun the theme in, in New York City. I yeah. see. Wow. Okay. So uh, we're about ready to have the big reveal here in Seattle. And it sounds like you've got the mannequins uh, at the flower show at a couple locations, which is at the Washington State Convention Center. And I'll have all these links in our show notes. So if you, if you haven't ever come to this show, now is your reason. There are really flowers at the Flower and Garden Show uh, <laughs> Festival, um, and then also at Pacific Place. And then, um, you know, you talked about the durability of how long things have to last. And it makes me think in a way about what has the garden makers have always had to do, which is like tending to that garden daily, refreshing something that might have wilted and, um, you know, keeping it looking as great on day three as it did on day one. I mean, that's sort of the, what you're talking about with with the mechanics and the water sources and all, right? Right. And and we ask all of our participating florists to commit to making sure their mannequin will look as good on day three as it did on day one. Uh, so they need to budget that within the budget that they've got to work with. Mm -hmm. And as well, the, you know, a lot of them have been asking lately, remind me, do, do I have to come late at night and early in the morning when no one's there? And I always say, no, absolutely not. That We always impress upon the locations that we work with wherever possible to let the florists come in and refresh whenever the show is open. Because 
people love to engage with the florists. They love to talk about the creations. They love to gab with them. One of Karen's and my most satisfying uh, times in any show is when we actually go out and just talk to people that are at the show. They're so excited. They get so revved up. They wanted to, as Karen said before, talk about their favorite flower, talk about whatever. It is so satisfying to us to be out there and to understand how meaningful it is to everybody. And I think one of the things that they do, and it always brings us to tears, it sounds like we cry a lot at the shows, <laughs> people thank us. They, yeah. they absolutely thank us. And, and we have to um, extend that to the sponsors and the partners that bring us. These are, in most cases, free shows open to the public. And so we only can do these with the support of great partners and great sponsors who actually see the, the um, benefit in aligning their brands um, with this experience for the public. This is uh, something that is a very costly thing to do. It's not for the weak of heart. It's for the brave. And we are so um, appreciative of those partners that really help us bring this to the public. Well, Karen, you've mentioned that there's been a, in the past, you've partnered with the perfume maker and you've uh, mentioned this uh, Hennessy gin. Uh, Hendrix gin. H- Hendrix gin. I'm sorry. The, the spirit, okay. the spirit uh, spirits uh, company. And then um, a, a venue like a like a shopping mall like Pacific Place. So, how how hard or easy is it to get uh, these sort of non floral related businesses to see that this is uh, really something important to align with? I'm, I'm thinking it it's you see this happening with like major sporting events, and so why can't it happen for major floral events? Well, that's it. I mean, the model of just about everything that's brought out to the public now has to be funded through sponsorships. Uh, so it's it's very difficult to be frank. We have to continue to prove ourselves to make sure that we are in the right places at the right time with the right message, with the right um, strategy to engage them and, and meet their ROI objectives, uh, their return on investment mm-hmm. objectives. And so it's a constant um, uh, conversation that we have with them as to how we can help um, engage their message in a very truthful and authentic way with the public. We're, we're very, very selective about the partners that we work with mm-hmm, uh, for mm-hmm. obvious reasons. Um, we come, we want to come across, because we are authentic, uh, as, as a really genuine experience that will, people will remember and talk about and anticipate uh, for months to come and years to come. We actually even get emails about that all the time. When are you coming back? Or when are you coming to my neighborhood or my city? And so it is with the generosity of those carefully selected partners and with their support that we're able to do this. And they often bring another element of um, engagement to the programs, like the Hendrix Gin Bar in the Mm -hmm. middle of the... um, of the Northwest Flower and Garden Festival, Pacific Place as a partner as well, an exclusive retail partner. Um, We're able to uh, bring to the wider audience of the Seattle area five installations that people will come in to see for free um, a little bit before the Northwest uh, Flower and Garden Festival and then during as well. So um, in our careful selection of these partners, we want to also make sure that they um, have an opportunity to engage uh, their audiences in, in a really great way, and at the uh, at the end re- or in the end result or the end result of that, pardon me, is really the public wins. The public gets to see these incredible floral installations. Oh, yeah, it's going to be trending. I can I can predict that already. It's so it's so <laughs> exciting, especially here in a very gray, dreary, wet month. I mean, this is the other reason why the flower Northwest flower and garden festival has always been successful. It's just, we're craving color and fragrance and blooms. And so you're just adding to that, um, sensory explosion. 
Well, we're just also, you know, thrilled. Marketplace Events, who runs the Northwest Flower and Garden Festival, they've been really wonderful. They they came to us uh, last year and brought us down to the festival last year as well so we could check it out and see it. We don't normally do garden shows. This is the first time we've ever done a garden show, and it's through the great work that they've done so far, and they're uh, they're, – I guess, ambitious plan to be surprising at every turn and bring more value to the people attending the shows as well. So we're really appreciative of their vision and and them bringing us in. Yeah, I mean, I agree with you. You you have to be careful about what venues you participate with, uh, you know, get involved with or or bring the Fleur de Ville to. And I I do feel like this is this is a, a great fit. And um, I've always been advocating for horticulture and floriculture to come closer together. And so you're really making that happen uh, with Fleur de Ville. Thank you. We've been, we've been called floral disruptors, which we both love. So. <laughs> oh, I love it. I have been called a disruptor too. And someone actually made me a piece of artwork that says disruptor on it. I'm going to have to send you a picture of it. Maybe I'll have one made for you. <laughs> I love, I love how we all find that very complimentary. Yeah. Right. <laughs> So what's coming up for the rest of 2020? I know you your plates are very full. I've grabbed you a couple of weeks before the big debut in Seattle, so I need to let you get back to your your other tasks. But give us a little preview of what where you'll be and what else you'll be doing in 2020 so maybe people can find you. We are going to be, uh, after the Northwest Flower and Garden Festival, we'll be doing a bit of a cross-Canada tour. So we've got uh, Montreal coming up in uh, April, April 21st followed by Toronto in for the Mother's Day week. Uh, mm-hmm. And we are taking over all of Bloor Yorkville in uh, in the north part of Toronto. Uh, and then we're popping across the, the Atlantic. So we'll be going to Covent Garden just pre-Chelsea like we did last year. We're looking so, so forward to that. And we've got all sorts of other great things up our sleeve. I think um, Tina just pointed out that we'll be in uh, Bloor Yorkville in Toronto, the neighborhood Bloor Yorkville, and in Vancouver, the downtown Vancouver area as well in in June. June. And we're doing something a little different there. We have mannequins in some locations, and then we are doing floral doorways, floral swings, flower-bombed cars. It's more of a Fleurdeville festival of floral surprises and creating floral trails through these communities. Uh, so we're working with the their business improvement districts uh, to do something a little different. And then as we do cross the pond in London, we are absolutely thrilled to be back at Covent Garden with a, a brand new show, which is going to be our worldwide premiere of Fleur de Ville Femme, F-E-M-M-E-S, which of course translates to women. And it is a floral celebration of remarkable women. Uh, In London, we are delighted to be working with the National Portrait Gallery as our content partner. So we'll be taking um, inspiration from incredible portraits in the National Portrait Gallery of women, remarkable women, uh, from a cross-section of socioeconomic groups, ethnicities, um, occupations, and eras. Uh, and those uh, portraits will be used for the florist to be inspired by. We're also going to take that up then to the RHS show at Tatton Park, just outside of Manchester in July. So uh, we will have Fleur de Ville uh, Femme in Manchester with the Royal Horticultural Society in England at Tatton Park in, in July. So you're on the road so off, so much. I mean, it's the two of you physically are uh, attend and and our hands on at every one of these events, it sounds like. We are. We are. We very much are. In fact, uh, yeah, we're racking up the air miles, that's for sure. I was also just going to say, um, Deborah, that 
after Tatton Park in um, uh, Manchester area, we're then launching for the first time ever in South Africa in uh, at Cape Town or in Cape Town at the V&A waterfront. And then we're going to be in Johannesburg um, at Santon City. So two shows in South Africa. Wow, that's fabulous. This is all in 2020? Yeah, with Florida Femme, with uh, working in Women's uh, Month there, the uh, month of August is um, uh, in support of women's initiatives in South Africa. So we have two mm -hmm. shows there. And then we'll be bringing Fleur de Ville Femme to the United States uh, in September and October and early November. We'll be back in um, Chicago and, and Costa Mesa, California and New York and possibly a few other surprises. So stay tuned uh, on that front. So if someone's listening to this in any of those venues, um, is it appropriate for them to just send you an email and say, please add me to your list for when you do the call for proposals? Or how, do you, how can people get involved? Um, to get um, on your radar. Absolutely. Anyone can contact me, Tina at fleurdeville.com. Uh, go to our website, fleurdeville.com to, we always have, we post what the, what events are coming up, but if anyone wants to reach out to me or check out, get more information about a show, definitely contact me, Tina. Okay. And, uh, and you can also DM us through Instagram as well. Oh my goodness. Okay. Well, I can't wait to see what many Slow Flowers members will be creating for Fleur de Ville. As it turns out, I think more than half of the participants are part of the Slow Flowers community. So I will um, be sure to, um, I'd like to publish a list of all the, the florists who are participating in um, this upcoming show, uh, which we'll have at our show notes at deborahprinzing.com. And also maybe some, uh, you've shared with, some, with me some photos of past events. So I'll post those if it's okay with you to give people a flavor of what to expect. That would be wonderful. Mm. All right. Thank you so much, Tina and Karen. Is there anything that you want to make sure people hear about that I forgot to ask? Come and follow us on Instagram at Fleur de Ville. At Fleur de Ville. Yeah, I think that's the best place to keep, keep you know, up to date on what we're doing and all the creations that we're doing and which cities we're going to. So. And just keep in mind that there's an S on the end of Fleur and Ville. It's plural. So many flowers and many cities. Yeah. Thank you so much. I, I'm thrilled that you could just chat with me about this amazing project. Um, and I look forward to seeing you in person. Uh, maybe we'll have a, a cocktail together. Sounds good. Thank you so much for having us, Deborah. Thank Thanks, you. ladies. Bye, Deborah. So much for joining me today. Be sure to check the link we share about the Seattle Fleur de Ville's display February 26th through March 1st at the Northwest Flower and Garden Festival. You can also find the future schedule to see Fleur de Ville's around North America and beyond. As you may have heard, Tina and Karen mentioned England and South Africa for future destinations for their mannequins and flowers. As promised, here are the local floral artists participating later this month. Each will create a floral garment to adorn a life-size mannequin. First of all, I'm thrilled that Melissa Fevier of Terra Bella Flowers and Mercantile is designing the Slow Flowers sponsored mannequin, which will feature all local and domestic botanicals. We're so grateful for Melissa's longtime membership and support, and I can't wait to see what she creates. 
Of course, as anyone who is committed to sourcing domestic and local flowers in the Pacific Northwest in February, which faces a dormant growing season that many of you also experience, I want to just acknowledge what a feat it will be to bring a slow flower sentiment and values to this undertaking, an undertaking like a botanical garment made entirely from fresh and natural materials. I've heard anecdotally from several Slow Flowers members as they've planned their creations, and I know they are committed to sourcing a good percentage of their looks with domestic crops. Let's cheer them on and see what they create, including Melissa of Terabella. Nine Slow Flowers members are participating as Fleur de Ville designers, more than half of all the dresses you'll see. I'm so excited to announce that. They include TJ Montague of Garden Party Design, Toby Nelson of Toby Nelson Events and Design, Maura Whalen of Casablanca Floral, Alicia Schweedy of Flirty Fleurs, Keita Horn of Smashing Petals, Annika McIntosh of Hazel Landscapes and Designs, Tomasi Basalawa, CFD, of Tiari Floral Design, and Tammy Myers and the florists of Laura Bloom. Other Fleur de Ville florists include a natural design, Fina Flowers, Seattle Floral Design, Zupan's Markets, Leah Erickson, and Ondine. And you'll see supporting floral installations by Apotheca Design and Soren Events. If that's not enough floral, horticulture, and botanical inspiration, you can also find me on stage at the Flower Show Thursday, February 27th at 12.30, participating in a panel entitled Women at Work, Making a Living While Following Your Plant Passion. This is moderated by author Jennifer Jewell and will feature Lorene Edwards-Forkner, Kristen Giel, and me. I'll share a link to show tickets and more information in our show notes at deborahprinzing.com. Our next sponsor thank you goes to Farmers Web. Farmers Web software makes it simple for flower farms to streamline working with their buyers by lessening the administrative load and increasing efficiency. Farmers Web helps your farm save time, reduce errors, and work with more buyers overall. Learn more at farmersweb.com. Jumping ahead to future events, the clock is ticking along as we continue to finalize details for the fourth annual Slow Flowers Summit, June 26th to 28th, this year in San Francisco Bay Area at Filoli. We only have 50 seats left, so I urge you to follow the links in today's show notes and reserve your space with the Slow Flowers Tribe. Your ticket includes all day Sunday, June 28th, and all day Monday, June 29th, with five presentations and seven fabulous speakers, all meals, refreshments, and evening cocktail receptions, floral design demonstrations, an interactive floral installation, author book signings, cool take-home gifts, and then on Tuesday morning, June 30th, a behind-the-scenes tour at Farm Grow Flowers headquarters, where you'll enjoy a light breakfast and coffee and meet our good friend, Christina Stemble of Farm Grow Flowers. I can't wait to see you there. And you can get all the information in today's show notes at deborahprincing.com. The Slow Flowers podcast has been downloaded more than 578,000 times by listeners like you. Thank you for listening, commenting, and sharing. It means so much. As our movement gains more supporters and more passionate participants who believe in the importance of the American cut flower industry, the momentum is contagious. I know you feel it too. I value your support and invite you to show your thanks with a donation to support my ongoing advocacy, education, and outreach activities. You can find the donate button in the column to the right at deborahprinzing.com. Our next sponsor thank you goes to the Association of Specialty Cut Flower Growers. Formed in 1988, 
ASCFG was created to educate, unite, and support commercial cut flower growers. Its mission is to help growers produce high quality floral material and to foster and promote the local availability of that product. Learn more at ASCFG.org. I'm Deborah Prinzing, host and producer of the Slow Flowers podcast. Next week, you're invited to join me in putting more American-grown flowers on the table, one vase at a time. And if you like what you hear, please consider logging onto iTunes and posting a listener review. The content and opinions expressed here are either mine alone or those of my guests alone, independent of any podcast sponsor or other person, company, or organization. The Slow Flowers podcast is engineered and edited by Andrew Brenlin. Learn more about his work at soundbodymovement.com. Mm-hmm.